When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to the Kinda Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the big daddy, Greg Miller. Hello! The producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. The boys are back in town. The Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Good morning, everybody. And making his return to Kinda Funny, but his first appearance on the Kinda Funny Screencast, we have the one and only Fuego Del Sol from AEW. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. So happy to talk about this show. I could explode into a million pieces. <laughs> oh, yes. Absolutely. You're to be the first. <laughs> of course, we are talking about The Boys Season 3, Episodes 1 through 3, because this is the kind of funny screencast where each and every week we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. Uh, you can check it out on YouTube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Screencast, and we'll be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad-free and watch live as we record it, you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers, Gordon McGuire, Molecule, and Fargo Brady have done. Today, we're brought to you by Chime, Credit Karma, and MeUndies, but I'll talk to you about that later. Uh, Screencast is going to be popping the fuck off the next couple weeks <laughs> because uh, we got, starting next week, we will be doing weekly reactions to The Boys, Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Miss Marvel. Um, so that's going to be very exciting times. Uh, and then on the in review front, we're going to be doing Jurassic World, uh, Dominion, which Greg Miller is really excited about. Yeah, uh, right. And then we're going to start sorry doing about the four. ratings, everybody. I'm sorry about the ratings. They're going to talk sense in these idiots. So go check out the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom review if you want to see how unhinged Greg Miller can actually get because somehow it's more than you could ever even imagine. But stay tuned to in review and screencast for all of your entertainment needs here at Kind of Funny. It's going to be a very good time. Uh, but enough of that stuff. Let's get right into it. It's been a long, long wait. Fuego, I want to start with you. What did you think about the first three episodes of The Boys Season 3? And just by the way, full spoilers for from here on out. Ooh, full spoilers oh, for these oh. things. That's how we do for these TV reviews. Fuego, go for it. Man, what a show. What a show. I, I've never seen someone, a show go for it as much as this show did. I haven't had an overwhelming sense of shock in this first scene at this party with Termite since the first season of when A-Train ran through his girlfriend. It was such a holy shit moment. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed it even some of the subplots the smaller things going on it i i am so all in on every character uh and seeing where this goes because it's a show unlike any other thing i think we've ever seen before and uh i'm so glad it's back i didn't realize how much i missed the boys in my life until these three episodes dropped Andy Cortez, you were the late adopter to the boys. Uh, you, I remember, didn't watch season one as we were watching it. But later, you went back, watched it on your, your Twitch, got obsessed with it, and joined us for season two. Where are you at with season three so far? Yeah, man. It's just it's so consistently good, and it does shock value 
in a way that doesn't ever just feel like shock valley because i think there's just so many damn interesting things happening all over the place and i think uh like fuego just mentioned the the sort of uh b plot and c plot stuff happening i think this time around is more interesting than mm -hmm. the prior seasons uh where i don't ever feel like they were necessarily bad but maybe we didn't really care a whole lot about the deep and go him going through his struggles because everything else was just so magnified but i f like it, having that moment with homelander being like i'm the fucking homelander and i don't care like you can put me on blast and then i'm actually going to do what i get to do because my base has been riled up and i've seen what happens when i speak my mind it's just um Another kind of like too close to home sort of <laughs> some things <laughs> happening with this show pulled from the headlines. Yeah, but it's 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 just so well done, and I don't I, I I'm waiting for them to miss. I'm waiting to have an episode <laughs> that doesn't really intrigue me, but everything has just been so damn uh, well done and well paced out as well. Nick, yeah, I mean I'm right there with you guys. I I look forward to this show coming back. I hope they keep doing this show forever because to Andy's point, they don't they're, they're not missing yet. I haven't seen an episode that I haven't been incredibly enthralled with. I don't think ever in this series. I don't think they've had even even some of the episodes that are less fun than the other ones that are just developing some of the side stories. I'm still fascinated by. Um, they could do a whole series of Grace Mallory down in uh, Nicaragua or wherever she was right? with, uh, with with Payback Squad and all that stuff. And I'm just so I would be fascinated by that. The Soldier Boy character coming in uh, and this mystery of whether or not they actually have a weapon uh for to, to kill homelander which is which seems to be the overarching uh, plot of the entire uh, season is fascinating to me and absolutely awesome and just the fact that they're able to after how many seasons this is season four is that what it is three three, three. but there was still, the animated thing in between right that makes sense um it still keep me absolutely terrified of homelander yeah is is such is is just speaks to the volume of how how good their storytelling is with this and d walked in uh, my wife walked in for like one second watched a couple scenes and she's like god he's terrifying yeah. and and it's not because of what it's not because of his power it's because anthony Starr is so good at being that conniving manipulative piece of shit and it's 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 and and then you've got also uh the stan edgar character uh, who's just also so fascinating and then what's going on with natalie or, or, or victoria whatever her name is this this it's all this stuff is just so many cool plot threads that i can't wait to see how they unwind greg miller yeah you know fuego said at the top like you know he didn't realize how much he missed it and i feel like that's a perfect way to encapsulate it where you know we had this ongoing uh, discussion right gary Wood was just on the kind of funny podcast and we talked about obviously the disney plus weekly releases versus a netflix binge model and stuff like that and i feel like the boys happens like a hurricane and when it's done we're on to the next thing and i don't find myself thinking of it like i enjoy it in the moment i love it in the moment i you know i think the cast is so good and what they do with the superhero genre is so good that when i started up episode well, actually before i even started episode one shout out to our friends at ign i went and watched there here's everything the recap on all three seasons Mark. max scoville did a great job god that. he's great at vo uh and i was like uh-huh even some of the stuff they were saying I was like i vaguely remember that okay okay yeah oh, but and to jump into it and get going again and get reintroduced to these characters and where they are, you know, a year after the events of season two, it was like, oh, my God, like, I forgot how much I love the show and I love mm -hmm. how much they play off each other. And there's things, you know, little story threads and stuff we'll get into as we start really picking it apart that I'm not like 100 percent there for. But I'm with Andy where I think 
the B plot overall, I am more engaged in this time around. And I think it is a simpler through line. And the same thing Nick said, going to see the Colonel as a young woman out there dealing with having to deal with, uh, you know, uh, Jason Eccles and all this stuff was awesome. And I like that flashback. And I like how, how cool she is. Anthony Starr, as you said, yes, is great at giving this unhinged uh, Homelander uh, thing. And, you know, when he stepped up to Starlight and was like, all right, release the video. But realize this is how I would take everything apart. You're like, damn, that's awesome. But Tim, what did you think? Uh, absolutely in love like there's a level of like specialness that i think comes from nailing satire that the original thing itself can't ever fully hit because the satire has to be steps ahead of it right so no matter how good something is if something can properly satirize it i feel like there's that extra credit of like oh wow like you found what made that thing work and you're questioning it looking at it from a different perspective and etc etc the boys from season one all the way to now, including the little animated thing that it did, uh, I think has built the single best superhero world we have ever seen in TV and movies, I would say, so oh, far. Wow. where Better than MCU. Uh, it, it's different. It's different. Sure. But I think that in just in talking about the world and how it works and all the different elements, and I think the reason I'm saying that is because the MCU exists. So they're able to just look at it and kind of po poke fun of it and – there's an understanding in a language that we all uh, can can just watch things. And when we see the Vought Studios logo, we understand the implications of what that means. You know, when we see the the Snyder Cut jokes and stuff, like it, it it's totally one of those if you know, you know things. But it's also like it perfectly feeds into the story that they're telling. And there's a, a level of just brilliance to this show, I think, that – I haven't felt since South Park. And I think a lot of that has to do with the ability to take complex matters and really shallow matters, put them together. So like superhero comic book, just nothing dumb fight fight stuff, but then also the deep complexities of superheroes and what they can be and what we've seen Superman and Batman and, and sure. so many uh, X-Men, so many stories over time tell where it's like all superheroes are at their best is looking at humans and trying to figure out like how to tell stories about that, right? And I think that the ability for these things to feel as timely as the South Park seven days to air type thing, but consistently season to season where every season feels like it is reflecting our exact moment right now in a way that almost feels impossible to have guessed. But the sad thing is it's the most obvious thing in the world, right? Like it's like so not hard because like, yeah, of course there's going to be a, the Joe Rogan type, uh, the Trump type, like uses of power and popularity as uh, uh, the, the, the key metric for power overall. Um, and on top of all that stuff, it's just things like the design of the seven tower and the design of all the costumes and the quality of all of it and the decisions they make with their VFX and the moments that they're going to have, whether they're going to play something like a joke, play it seriously, play it scary. Like they mm -hmm. just, I think, make the right calls every step of the way. And I yeah. think that the show, the longer it goes on, similar to the MCU, it builds upon itself and it's building its trust with us that we're going to let them go a little further, a little further, a little further. And it's at the point now that when you really break it down, the A plot is probably the least interesting plot we've ever seen in The Boys because it is just the good guys are trying to kill the bad guy. Like, yeah. that is like the most basic superhero shit ever, but they somehow have turned that simple thing into the most complex uh, superhero story that I've experienced in a very long time where every single plot is adding up to me, every single thing is interesting. And the the one thing that I'm, I, I'm a little hesitant about 
is watching it and i'm like all right cool they're referencing a lot of the stuff the woke stuff the the blm stuff like all this but are they actually BLM, saying, <laughs> the, yeah exactly all of that it's like but are they actually saying something with it or are they just kind of like referencing how life is right now right and my argument is i think they are and i think the point of this whole idea that popularity is power it's almost the reverse of what the show is the show is popular and they're putting these ideas out there and there's a very clear good guys and bad guys and i think that they are using that that is the message, and um, I applaud them for it because I think that they are doing an absolutely phenomenal job. Great I'm with goal. you, and I think it's – yeah, it's not lost when you watch it and see that, right? Because, again, the BLM, BLTs, and all the other, like, rainbows and stuff, right? Like, it's a soulless corporation trying to latch on to real movements and use them what to was, sell you a sandwich. world called, like, Inclusion World or something like that? Inclusive, yeah, yeah, and like they have that all kingdom, over kingdom, all over yeah. Vault World, right, and have they have that. And I think, you know, if you have even – a moment of watching the show long enough you think about it like you know when uh, uh the deep was starting to get it on in front of the octopus uh, and his wife took off her shirt jen's like you know surprising lack of titties in this show and i was like is it surprising because they're showing a lot of male asses and a lot of penises <laughs> and it was i'm like it's flipping everything on its head and making fun of what you'd expect out of a action-packed you know this is what we're gonna do for a either action movie or a dark superhero world there's what the right. tropes of uh how women in sex scenes are portrayed in film in general right and i think to your point tim like doing satire right and you're talking about doing it you know in a different way of the original and stuff like it's interesting to see how the show has evolved and i honestly think is so much smarter than the comic ever was and I, that's somebody who you know read a lot of the comic i never saw it all the way through but was a big fan of it you know and then it got canceled and it got brought back and yeah i was there for all that and it was that thing of like the comic was very graphic here's titties and here's sex and we're using it in a salacious sexy way to tantalize right. you and be like how crazy like this one obviously has sex in it and stuff but it's i mean but i think it's interesting that Huey and Starlight's relationship of having sex in a, in a loving relationship is like the, oh, that's attractive. It's not sexy necessarily. It's heartwarming. And we're glad to see Huey and Starlight have moments of happiness. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you see the deep, you know, getting pounded or whatever, like it's never like, yeah, this is hot. It's always like, oh, God, this is like that extreme thing of like how bent everybody is in this universe. Well, and also you have the, his relationship with his wife, which is com a complete farce, right? And, mm -hmm. and her, at the end, that scene where he's like, that's my friend. Like the fucking octopus. <laughs> he's like, he's praying. Like, it oh was, my God. Dude, that terrifying. Timothy scene was amazing. Or Timothy, you know, that's what it was, Tony. You know that that was such an improv moment. Uh, he's praying right now. <laughs> like, no, that praying, is terrifying. <laughs> but you know, I'll, I'll say one of, the, one of the things that I really, really like about the show is I was, I was as you were talking, Greg, it's no surprise I was using that time to think about other stuff to say instead of listening of to it. Yeah, of course, it's great. Um, but, I put up a screenshot of, you know, us at the thing, and it took me a good three and a half minutes to get you to look at the camera for the screenshot because <laughs> you just been over here the entire time while Nick, Tim was giving the introduction. So, yeah, fair I enough. Um, what, what I love, and I was, I was trying to think about, I'm like, what is the big action set piece from the first three episodes? Mm. And I couldn't think about it because termite. all the moments – Termite was – yeah, that was good, I guess. Uh, I was thinking of that and, and the the South – or the Central America. Where is Nicaragua? Mm -hmm. South America. Um that that part was great too, but the, the the moments that stand out to me in this series aren't the action sequences for sure. And in fact, I don't I don't really care so much for them. I think they're great, and obviously they do what I think action sequences should do, which is kind of punctuate some of the the other things we're we're dealing with with these characters. But the the sequences that really stick out in my brain, like the one that really sticks out, is when he lands to stop the girl from jumping off the building, and then just says "fuck it, you're jumping," and it's such a twist and such a quick like turn on a dime for him that it is is terrifying. That that's what this show is all about, right? It's it's about taking that expectation and just twisting it 
just twisting it to something so fucking dark. And yeah, I mean, like I, this is what I always when we so when we watched Peacemaker, I was like that that might be the closest analog to this. Even though I don't think, and this is no disrespect to the Peacemaker team, I think I love that show, and I hope they keep making those episodes. And shout out to James Gunn and the guys. But this show is what every every dark, twisted, fucked up comic book show should aspire to be. Mm. I was trying to explain it to one of my friends. I was like, man, how do you describe the show? And I, Tim kind of noted. I, I said it was like it's, it's if Game of Thrones kind of met South Park. But you had that care and love of an MCU type with it because it meshes it so well. And and like you said, with all the satire, I feel like it's I was trying to I was fighting with that, too. Is it just referencing these things? You know, the commercialization of the woke movement or or the, the gun control, even like toddlers and tiaras of how they flip that on its head at the end. There's so many things that it goes after everything. It, it's very fair and like anyone can get it. Everyone can get it. And. At the end of the day, it's good TV. It's absolutely good yeah. TV. And to go with to Nick was saying, that was the first time we got to see Homelander kind of be Homelander again in the season. And you mm. immediately feel that overwhelming anxiety hit when he starts talking to this girl. And that dread, just when he when he turns it on, Anthony starts cannot be touched as Homelander. And it was such a oh, it, it gives me chills thinking about that moment of him like, no, no, you're gonna go. Do it. Do it. Maybe you should. Before we move on, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. I love Me Undies from head to toe, all over my body. If you don't believe me, of course, right now, I'm wearing the Me Undies shirt. You can tell by the little tag going on right there, right? I got the Me Undies lounge shorts going on. Of course, I got the Undies. And then, boom, Me Undies socks, baby. That's how we do out here at Kind of Funny. I love being soft head to toe in the micro modal fabric. You already know all about that. But if you don't, Let's face it, summer's sweaty, but your butt doesn't have to be. With MeUndies light and breathable micromodal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from. But if you just like classic black, that's totally cool too. They got a bunch of just bold colors for you to go for. They have super fun seasonal prints, tons of styles, and sizes extra small to 4XL. So you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room. MeUndies has a great offer for all of you first-time purchasers. You can get 15% off. If you sign up for their free to join membership, you can apply that 15% off to their already discounted membership prices. To get 15% off your first order and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Tell them Tim Getty sent you. Shout out to Chime for sponsoring this episode. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early without direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is about more than just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. Uh, so what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at chime.com slash KF games. That's C-H-I-M-E.com slash KF games. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Get started at chime.com slash KF 
games. Shout out to Credit Karma for sponsoring this episode. Want a new credit card but not sure how to choose? You don't need to apply for the first offer that you see in the mail. Credit Karma can help you zero in on the right option for you and apply with more confidence. I love Credit Karma. I've been using it for years to check my credit profile, make sure everything is good and on the up and up. Uh, credit Karma uses your credit profile to show you offers that are tailored to your financial situation. Credit Karma partners with a wide range of card issuers, so you can be sure that you're exploring all sorts of options. Best of all, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you your chances of approval before you even apply, helping you apply with more confidence. Comparing cards on Credit Karma is 100% free and most importantly, will not affect your credit score. That is huge. Credit Karma, create your own karma. Ready to find the right card for you? Head to Credit Karma and check out your personalized mix of offers today. That's creditkarma.com or hit up the Credit Karma app to find the right card for you. That's creditkarma.com. Sorry, Fuego. Sorry to cut you off there. This is great. This is great. Uh, uh, I was, I was going to say, and then leading into at the end, Fuego, with like putting Starlight in one of the scariest, creepiest oh. situations, which I did not see coming at all. And uh, it, obviously, I think it's to go f to change your mood from this is funny as hell to reintroduce the deep on this show and the contestants are like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, I guess you're, I guess none of us are winning it. They're bringing back the deep. So that's the final spot in the seven to go from that moment of hilarity. And like, that's a funny, genuine moment to, by the way, me and starlight are dating. We're together now. And God damn, you just feel this pit in your stomach. Right. And well, I think it, I think it's just like, it is perfect TV. Yeah. It was a great way to double down on it, right? Because, yeah, there's the hilarity of these two people finding out that, no, the deep's back, your dream's over. But then there is that moment of, like, all right, Starlight's got to suck it up and have the man who sexually assaulted her be on stage, right? And then she has to also suck it up and act like she forgives him and that it was her idea. And, then, and just as you're able, like, as a viewer to be like, what a fucking horrible situation for her to be in, but we understand why she's doing it and she understands why she's doing it, then to have that tossed on her, right? And then to have the reaction from her the great callback to the beginning of the episode right with the fist Band, of anger behind her back, back right yeah. but then you start running through what it means for her and huey my one thing about episode three while we're here that i didn't i felt like I, I, we were retreading was the conversation between huey and annie on the phone where he was like you have to stay like do it like i want to leave I, I feel like we've done this conversation before in these in for both of them in these like I feel like I at this That's point, I, I'm literally talking about a, a minute where I was just like, all right, let's. I feel like we've had this conversation. Are you going to break mm -hmm. up about this? You're going to do whatever? No, you're just going to accept it. Okay. Like, I understand we need to verbalize it or double down, but I feel like we could have doubled down and not made it seem like we were breaking new ground. See, but I think this is where we start getting some of the, like the, the, the commentary that Tim was talking about, right? Where it's like that this is where we start to learn like what people go through in real life. Like, you know, I mean, this is obviously – you know, uh, uh, the theme of this is that, you know, she is a young woman in, in this corporate world and she has to deal with a lot of shit to actually be able to affect any sort of change. And obviously, yeah, that was that was some of the themes of the first couple seasons as well. But you're seeing that here, right? You're seeing what she has to struggle with and what she has to deal with in order to be heard. And that's a very, very powerful thing, similar to how when they walk into the janky ass Votland that looks like it's just like everything's paper thin. That is what a lot of corporations you know, that that is a commentary on how the corporations kind of see a, a lot of these movements is like, we're just going to do the bare minimum to let people know that we care. Uh, and then we're going to get them into the park and have them spend a lot of money on these. On, I love I love what it's like. It's inclusion lane, but it's like the donuts with the the burgers in the middle of it. And these kids yeah, are just yeah. stuffing oh, their yeah. face with that stuff. It's like such yeah, a great yeah. visual. 
Yeah, but to your point though, Nick, I feel like again we're I think we're on the same page. We're at different points. Like I feel Annie's conversation to Huey when she was like uh, when they had the debate of her being co-captain said all this enough to then yeah. get to again outside sure. of the trailer and the phone call being, hey, Homelander is crazy and he's got, like, yeah, we've known he's crazy. We know. Like I get it. Like you you knew this but when you punched your ticket. And had I to go I, I, I completely disagree, Greg, because we needed the moment of Huey. We needed that moment of dialogue for the viewers to have that that moment of him saying butcher was look right. do, you gotta stay butcher was right doing yeah. it are doing it the right and correct way is not going to work we have to play dirty and i feel like i had never really seen huey say something like that of course he's going back with butcher so we know he feels it but having him say it on screen i think was really important to be like but i feel no, like he, he could have said that without annie having it feel like she's gonna try to back down on the fact that she was the one who was gung-ho on this i understand your it's real life too of like you have doubts even when you're 100 sure of yourself but i just didn't sure. like that one conversation before interesting but to add to andy's point there was also two very important bits of dialogue in that conversation of one it was hey, we might have found a weapon to kill Homelander. And it was to let Huey know that she threatened him with the video and he no longer cares anymore. Yeah. And Which so I, it was it was nuts. So I feel like care. they both needed that. And then Huey would be like, hey, I need you to stick it out for it to immediately turn. And then her be like, okay, not only am I going to stick it out, but I got to pretend to date this man. Yeah. I feel like it sets up the next episode very well. Of, oh, Huey's going to be like, that's not what I meant. This yeah. is not what sure, I sure, want. Sure. And, it, and, it, and at least it sets up something for the future where it's not just retreading water in a sense of no point to it. At least it kind of reminds you of all of those things you need to get to. And it also sets up the issue with her and Sonic Boom. Supersonic. 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 For, for Supersonic to say, you know what? I am joining the seven. I do have your back. And we need that sort of tension to sort of drive right. that. It's not only her and Homelander that Huey's worried about. Uh, he's always yeah. been worried about Supersonic. And now Supersonic comes back as, hey, I have your back. And her saying, wow, you know, it, it is nice to have someone have my back. You know, we, we need that moment to sort of drive that wedge in between but, um, uh, Starlight and Huey. I'm curious when the other shoe will drop on that, though, because Loki, you know, part of him is just greedy. He just wants to be in this thing, right? Like he's the he's obviously, uh, you know, talked about how he's had to degrade himself with this song over and over and over again as an as an adult man. And I'm, I'm curious to see if that's going to backfire on her, her, her trust in him when he gets into the seven and what what's going to happen there. Maybe. But I do think that the the, the I don't direction... trust anyone in this in this in this show, Andy. <laughs> I do think that the direction of that sequence of him saying I'm dating Starlight, they showed enough shots of Supersonic looking at Starlight and being like, oh, she is not happy about this. Like, I I think they showed it like maybe if they showed Supersonic and he was smiling, too, and super stoked or whatever. But they showed him they there was visible concern of like, oh, this is a, that she was not expecting that to happen. Yeah. And now that I know what she's going through with this piled onto it. This is really sort of fucked up right now. So I don't I think if anybody's super if any of these non main cast characters are going to be genuine and sort of have the the right head on their shoulders, I think it's going to be supersonic. Any back supersonic, everybody. We'll see how this one plays out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Carl Urban, who I think is just the fucking backbone of the show. And I, I, I know that sounds silly because obviously he's like he's just great in every episode, but. His performance in these in these three episodes, I thought was really, really, really good. Specifically 100%. with the kid, um, him and uh, Lazalonzo, I think they did great jobs. And the, the themes of like 
the sins of the father being revisited on and, and like on, on the son. Those two specifically, I thought that was a really interesting dynamic to see to see um you know mother being brought mother's book being brought back in and like just kind of dragged back in by this thing that that he couldn't get beyond and then butcher just trying for one second to like bond with this kid but then it's always the harry and the henderson's problem greg where it's like you know in order to in order to go into the woods you gotta you gotta yell at the kid to get into the woods for his own good and you know you never want to see it but this i love throw that you dynamic the sun, though, but yeah, yeah, yeah he, he definitely went full butcher again and it's so cool to see uh and i think it's very interesting because like we had that moment of of homelander landing at, at his house and in the past two seasons they've only really had direct one-to-one dialogue in a couple a couple mm-hmm. scenes and it was the first season eight of, of episode eight of the first season episode eight of the second season so to get that immediately this early on in the fantastic back and forth that they had was great and then been, to talk about him it, and the kid it, my goodness that lego scene broke me as a it father good. it just that, broke I mean, first me. off this kid is really talented we talked we yeah. talked about this last yeah. season yes, like absolutely. get this kid on youtube this kid had could have 10 million subscribers right now was, um, was that scene with homelander Talking to Butcher was that real? I thought that was more of a. Oh, I thought it was real. Oh, it's definitely real. It's totally real. Really? I thought it was not real too. Wait, what scene? What scene? What scene? The scene where they're at the table apartment. when he, when Butcher doesn't take the green stuff. That was imagination. That was his imagination. Yeah, that was his was imagination. It? I'm pretty sure oh, because it was, it was his I imagination just... because we see another sequence where Homelander is talking from the TV at Butcher, and that's yeah. like him just sort of visual. Um, it's 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 like Magic Johnson in a uh, in Showtime looking at Larry Bird, Nick, like. It's sort of him yeah. kind of imagining. Yeah, you're in your foe, own head. You know? I, I thought yeah. he just. I thought when he looked back, it was just a home. Yeah, I thought it was so super fast. speed that he's got out there. Same. It's terrifying. Interesting. We'll Either way, a great performance and a great conversation. I love think that. that was I, awesome. I, and I love. I want to. Two more notable things that I had written down. That I love the Stan Edgar um, Nadia relationship. I think again, Dude. going back into the the mm. father daughter father son sort of relationship. He actually like kind of cares about her, but he can't be her father because. He knows what she is. But then it's like, what is his ultimate goal? It was he really was he serious when he closed the door and was like, I fucking hate superheroes. I want to be out of this business in three years. Like I just the development of the V24 and being like, this is the this is the answer, because these clearly these superheroes making a superhero permanent is a terrible idea. I love that. But then is he low key using Victoria to like to like keep crowd control on all the superheroes? Or do you think he has different motives? No, a hundred percent to crowd control. I'm sorry to, to interject, but like no, for, for me, that was one of the biggest moments that we got in these three episodes. That it like, because uh, remember, like the the creation of this, uh, the FBSA, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, right, the, yeah, the, the like, FBI for secret people for super they, people. They they created it because they're like, oh, there's an insurrection in Vought that like killed all these people, mm-hmm. and like the reality is that like that kind of is the case or like Vought is still in control of that insurrection that happened and is so wild and like to me like just blew my mind on like how deep Vought has its like control yeah, next of level everything chess, yeah for sure yeah. yeah that's 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 a deep strategy there that you're not seeing coming out but that's why I, love, I mean I mean no one does it better than Giancarlo Esposito man that well, guy that's, that's the thing man like you were saying that uh shout out to Carl Urban and absolutely but I think that's kind of my favorite thing about this show is that if you were to ask like what is the best thing about the boys I could not give you one answer I would have to give mm-hmm. you like 20 different answers because the the core cast is would be a fantastic answer for that they're so good and the fact that we're three seasons in and Anthony Starr is scarier than he's ever been on the road if he's not already one of the greatest villains period ever in media 
at all. Like he's so damn good, so damn terrifying and, and deep and complex and not just evil for evil's sake. Like we get his backstory, mm-hmm. we get his relationships with people and we believe it. But then you look at Jack Quaid, who honestly, man, like to see him from season one till now, like I think that his presence on this show is, I, I would have never thought that he would be able to own every scene that he's in as much as he is in season three. It is so fucking cool to see. And that's just like the core cast, right? And even like looking uh, with with Starlight, Aaron Moriarty's fantastic as well. Like the core people are so good. But then you get to the supporting cast of people like Giancarlo and you're like, holy shit, they're all amazing as well. So stacked. But (laughs) they have a deep bench, man. (laughs) But then the bench, the bench, and this is what I was saying earlier about like it, the satire level of it allows them to just go above and beyond. Like having Charlize Theron for oh that God. cameo you know what i mean God, uh, really zane. Billy zane as yeah. that cameo it's like there's these like they're allowed to work in a meta way that um a lot of the superhero movies that we love aren't capable of doing because if you get too tongue-in-cheek and too i see what you did there it only works in things like deadpool or like moments of like dr strange multiverse of madness or stuff that like if you know you know of the connections here but like this show has all of the main cast supporting cast that when it has these cameo moments they feel so good and so like enhancing the content Mm -hmm. that they're giving us and it's not just cameos it's also like the use of like licensed music like i feel like this show uses its budget perfectly where it's like we need baby one more time for this we need rock you like a hurricane like a weird town girl man uh, and they use all that stuff to to kind of tell the whole story and like it's just i am i'm so goddamn impressed with this show i mean I was enthralled with the Huey having that reveal that this woman, Congresswoman that he's been working for, uh, he's still back in the shit. You know, yeah. You, you, and no matter how hard he tries to get out, they keep pulling him back in. And that's such a, I think he played that so perfectly. Yep. Uh, Jack Quaid played that so incredibly well. But that that moment of her in the alleyway with this friend of hers from her past that they, I guess both were at this, um, halfway house, right? I believe is what they, they, yeah, yeah. they were both at this halfway house together orphanage. And I think that sequence was like pitch perfect, uh, especially just the way it's acted, it's performed and her putting her hand behind his head and you sort of see her eye and the, the blood coming out of his nose. Like, Holy shit. This show is like, just finds ways to keep on upping the ante without feeling like it's getting old or stale. Yeah, when she blew his hand off, I was like, oof. (laughs) The acting is is so well. Seeing a lot of times acting could be hit. Sometimes you just have great dialogue. And if if it's written great, it's almost impossible to mess up. But then you have these people that you could just, by certain looks, by the way, you could t- see how the how troubled they are in their head. How, even with uh, uh, Karen Fukuhara, with Kimiko, doesn't say a word, but you can just see the feeling Dude. that she has. Her conversation with Ryan while they played Connect Between Three Ooh. and Five, it was yeah. so good to see them go back and forth and like talk about their powers and her hate her powers. And then her performance in episode one, right, where she oh. walked in on the piano and sang. Mm-hmm. And, my, and Jen was like, unless she didn't talk, I'm like, I don't know if this is really happening. Yeah. So yeah. Good. I. I, I just wanted to call it really quick in that alleyway scene. I loved getting a better understanding of how her powers work. Uh, mm. Victoria, I believe is yeah. her name. Yeah. Um, or Nadia. I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, the the old Nadia. Um, I thought it was really neat that it had to be. It, it reminded me of just like My Hero Academia, where it has to be like you have to be making eye contact. This isn't just something she can kind of right. conjure up. And there's the moments where he's holding her face away and she's trying to get a peek at him, and then. 
whatever's in her eye line, in her eye line, like the jaw gets popped off. Then the top, like it's so brutal, but um, just done in a really cool way. Um, And then, yeah, that sequence with Kara, uh, Karen Fukuhara, absolutely heartbreaking. Um, And I, again, that is a B plot. We are seeing, obviously she's in the main cast, but we are seeing how, other things are affecting her, and where does that take her? We also, what the fuck's happening with friendship? Like, there's so many interesting threads, man. Yeah, and the atrium. We haven't talked about the atrium plot, right? Where oh he's, my god, he's lost his speed, and he's doing everything he possibly can to stay relevant. And uh, but I mean, even that scene. I think one of the best scenes of that episode was him reconnecting with his brother and having yeah. his nephews yeah. just dunk on him. When yeah, when his uh, sister-in-law or yeah, sister-in-law pops out, she's like, "Oh no, like, no, no, no the suit's garbage. terrible. I just yeah. don't want them talking like that." Yeah. <laughs> and even flip the the police brutality onto superhero brutality, and yeah. it was a play on that as well. It's everything in this show is so so well done, and it. And I'm usually all for the binge model, but there was so much in these three episodes where I, I felt like it was almost too much ice cream yeah. in a sense yep, of like, yep, yep, yep. man, I need a moment to breathe. I really want to think about this and I can't wait now for the week to week to kind of hit so I can really digest because there were big moment after big moment. Like at the end of episode one, you had that moment of him, of Huey realizing that, uh, that Victoria is bad. Then you have the moment in the second episode of... of of butcher eventually taking the the uh superhero fluid be, yeah. and and beats oh my god yeah and it beat that man up as well as as um homelander's birthday party and that speech at the end and i was like man I, i'm getting no time to breathe before we jump right into the third episode <laughs> of everything going on there and it's much more gory this season i feel like than even <laughs> and, and last two I mean, seasons were gory but this start, season is not there was a pee hole it starts off with a with, <laughs> was it termite that's the name of the character mm-hmm. yes. yeah going through a man's pee hole and i and, and by the way did anyone in any shape or form not know exactly what was gonna how that scene was gonna end when he sneezed the first time oh, i was guys, like oh yeah, no yeah, this yeah, is yeah, not yeah. gonna go well i didn't I actually did not see him ending uh ending with butcher catching him in a bag of cocaine though that did was not, one that, no. yeah that's knew that was gonna get me that one yeah that yeah. was hilarious was yeah, i paused immediately and and went and showed my wife that scene she doesn't watch the boys that's the first season she couldn't <laughs> do it anymore i was like you gotta you, this is the <laughs> craziest <laughs> thing i've ever seen you if, you, if you hung in through the whale you could hang in through anything yeah, <laughs> yeah. i just pushed the limits for sure there's multiple times i had to look away from uh these three episodes where i was like this is this is just no, a dude. lot her blowing can, the guy's I, jaw off was like that was like, it's oh, a lot. God, oh. You say all that like I you don't get me wrong. It was like oh my god, these are grotesque and gruesome moments. For me, it was like uh, when it was Kimiko was gonna break Huey's arm. Yep. Oh, I was like, yeah. oh yep. man, don't do this, no. Huey. And they put a trash bag. She puts he puts the trash bag under there. I was like, what's the trash bag for? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. mother's milk trying to keep the flat iron. Bo- OCD. I was laughing. I was that busted me up when he came oh. in. He's like, this is a historical significance. I'm like, yeah, trash bag. I was dying of laughter just watching Butcher kind of take in the moment and drinking his tea like smiling like god damn like this whole cast is so fucking perfect to fuego's point about the it being a lot like these three episodes each one of them i i I don't think that there's any uh change in quality between them i think they're all equally good and uh with that they're all equally dense with everything it's it's everything all at once where we're getting the most the most graphic shit the most funny stuff the most deep stuff the most like everything happening and it's like uh when we watched when i watched euphoria for the first time i was like i I can't binge this show even though they're all available it's like i need to take it 
one episode at a time, maybe two if I'm feeling fucking crazy, just because it's so much to take in. <laughs> and uh, last night when I when I popped up Amazon Prime and I saw how long the runtimes were for each one of these, like this was a full three hours of content. Yeah. And I was like, I'm strapping in for this and it's going to be a lot. And I was engaged the entire way through. But it is one of those things where I don't know that the, that they needed to drop three. Like it was it was a lot. And the the counterpoint to myself though is I feel the sweet spot would have been two because throwing you into one episode one, it even watching the recap of uh, seasons one and two. There's so much that has happened in so many relationships mm-hmm. and so many subplots going on that I was like trying to play catch up of like okay when's the last time we saw you? What's where your situation is? All I that regret stuff. not rewatching it. And then with that, I think that the having more than one episode really helped because now all of us were in the world again. Like we are yeah, caught up. We're, we're, we're totally ready to go with all the plot lines. And we're like stoked for episode four of like, where's the resolution going? What's going on? And what, what, what are our predictions for Butcher and his superpower stuff not going away after 24 hours and vomiting over Huey in that sort of final sequence? Do we think I think it's it, going to be I think do we think he uses the bomb to like kill himself or something like that. I think it's going to be a struggle of him becoming an addict. I think that's going to be the thing. He's he's showing classic withdrawals. He's showing withdrawal symptoms. And so I would assume he's going to get hooked on the stuff and have to keep going and keep going. And that'll become then the race to keep going and then eventually confess that to the boys or they find out and it's a huge problem. Right. Mm. Up to the soup problem. juice, you know. What you what yeah. would you do to get some of that soup juice? Oh Nick? my god! I don't know. Oh, I, you know, you know. I've been looking over. Yeah, Fuego, you're looking a little heartbeat. buffer than usual. You know what I mean? You know somebody this soup juice. <laughs> what? Oh man. Uh, uh, Tim, Nick, what are your predictions there? Um, I, I'm, I'm I'm with Greg on this one. I think it's going to be him. Obviously, it's the it's the classic struggle of like I don't want to take the thing, and then of course when you take the thing, you get addicted to the thing because now he can beat the shit out of any. Now he's got Homelander's powers, and of course that's going to be that's going to set them up for an interesting dynamic because they're going to square off. And I still don't think he's going to be as powerful as Homelander. I, the more curious thing for me is what is this weapon if there is a weapon because something's going on it's gonna with be a person, Soldier I Boy. Think. Is but, it a person, or did he just no, did he just but, uh, go to Russia and? Well, I don't, I don't think Soldier Boy's dead. Yeah, I don't he's think Soldier Boy's dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they yeah, no, showed him in the trailer. trailer. He's not, no, 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 he's yeah. not dead. He's so, probably in. You know, he's it's Captain America, right? So he's in some kind of deep freeze kind of situation that they'll bust him out for, or whatever yeah. they've been doing. And like, yeah. they've been you know taking his blood super soldier serum, right? Probably trying to make their own soups over there, and it hasn't been working or something. Yeah, but I think it's going to be a person or some kind of program. Yeah, that's been kept. But we haven't seen we haven't seen anyone this weapon at all, right? No, we see. Yeah, I don't because think it's, it's not. A, yeah, I don't think it's a literal weapon. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think, I think he's the, the only thing, the only thing that'll ever probably be able to kill Homelander is his son Ryan, and and I feel like that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate weapon when you think that's about it. But he's not ready yet. You know. Yeah, and he, you, you gotta I train him up like Go, like Gohan. You know. <laughs> you don't, but I'll take it. <laughs> Dragon Ball. Um, it, it's interesting where I, I th- being three episodes into this season, there's only eight, so we only have we have five left, and I feel like there's been so much in this kind of like first act uh, of setting things up that it, how hard they went with Homelander and with his speech he gave that was so fucking terrifying of the I'm fucking Homelander, and like when he was talking to Star uh, Light and gave her the whole idea of like yeah, leak the fucking tape and. Eventually, I'm going to destroy everything. I'm just going to be the the ruler of the entire fucking world. And it's like, does he actually have the means to do that? Because like they kind of set up and shown so far that yeah, if he decides to do that, it's game fucking over. But yeah. can people team up against him? And I I think the to answer the question about what I think is going to happen with Butcher, it's like I don't think that we have enough information now to to see where they're going. Because it's like that they're setting it up that it's going to be this fight, but it's like. I just don't understand how a fight is going to work with Homelander. Andy? 
I you bringing up that that speech that we've already kind of talked about uh, a little bit, but I loved him talking about. Well, first I'd go after the defense systems, and yeah, then I'd go after yeah. like cellular networks. Like, God damn, he just it, he is so methodical and so conniving terrifying. with every word that he says. Yeah, and, he's fantasized about this, right? He knows he wants yes. to do this. He's like he's just itching for a reason to go to full on to that dark side on that one. And Absolutely, it's, he's it's got so, that great line. I'd rather be. I I like to be loved, but. Right. But fears. I'm okay with being yeah. feared. Yeah, <laughs> I think he said it's something you crazy. Like, but fear is just a okay with me or something. Yeah, like that. okay, <laughs> with me. Yeah, yeah. it was like so creepy. Yeah, One that thing- was a great sequence. But also, I wanted to call just that sequence with the woman who wanted to jump off the building when yeah. he yeah. gets the news. And and I loved having all the PR at the bottom. Obviously, sort of like yeah, hey, Ash we're is gonna, like fuck. <laughs> we're gonna try to like yeah, we're gonna try to raise his Q score or whatever. Uh, and film him, you know, helping a young lady who's about to commit suicide. And then, yeah, God damn it. And you're like, wait, what's happening? What's going on? And then, bam, there she is, a storm, storm front. front. And she... Do we feel like she's dead? Killed herself. I think she is. She, if like you die off camera... It, yeah, exactly. If you die yeah. off camera, you're usually not dead. Some point, yeah, but something's I mean, like, happening what kind her. of life was she living there as, like... Just... But I think then they bring her back, like, as a Darth Vader. Yeah, you know I mean, I would probably got her up out of there and do something. I think it's less oh, that. I think I think you're gonna find her like hooked up to machines later, like being mined for her trying, blood yeah, or something that like that. Sense. Because she would remember she was super powerful. Sure. I think it's One quick thing, like I, I think to Andy's question, and then what uh, Tim had said, right? Of like what's going on with Butcher and the, the drugs, and what's going to happen there. And then Tim's like, I don't see somebody who can fight Ho- Homeland, or how does that work? I wouldn't be surprised maybe if it builds to. Butcher having to take multiple doses and kind of over uh, overdosing on the, the mm, new compound, the, whatever they call this compound V, uh, to then fight V24. Homelander. A24? The V24. V24. Yeah, yeah there, there's there's that marketing is still working it out. Edgar's talking uh, about it and he keeps correcting the guy and being like, V24. It's, uh, yeah. it's V24. Uh, yeah, also, shout outs like to young Edgar. I feel like really good casting Great. there. Yeah, he's yeah, he, you can tell yeah, he studied yeah. Giancarlo as yeah. And then I gotta shout out that line in, in in episode two of him like of Gian saying, "What's your party? You can cry if you want to." Dude, it was yeah. so good. <laughs> that delivery, man. Like he's just so damn good at that stuff. Like I love that. I love seeing the... noir with the mask. Like yeah, dude, and that yeah. was so fucking brutal. Like it was yeah. so sad. The conversations leading to it too. It's like this show, man. It got the stuff. I loved the the Anthony Star at the end, just being like hashtag home light. Like yeah, it's like, so oh, twice, is, but he had to see it twice. I love that they have to do a second tape on take on it. Yeah, I love that. The, I love the meta commentary of the show of like we've got these real life superheroes. Not only are we commoditizing them across the board with like toys and all this shit, but we also have the Justice League movie. But then we're also going to degrade it so far, debase it so much that we're going to go into uh, reality television. They got the Bachelorette of. Uh, 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 of 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 this this world, which we can all agree is like just the the base lowest possible form of art, the Bachelorette. That was just for Tim. I just wanted to see Tim shake. I know it's for me. I know everyone knew it was just for Tim. But it's so good. And then having him. I mean, just go back to John uh, Carlos Pedro for a second. I loved. I think that the most poignant thing he said, and I think this is kind of sums up the the series in general, was when we was talking about power. Right? Power for him is not about being able to like move mountains or fly. It's about being having that ability to change the world with just what I would just bend the world I think is what he said to your will and that's what he does he did that in in Breaking Bad I thought it's so well and in this one it's just so cool to have him no matter what find that control over Homelander but I'm curious to see 
because uh, Elizabeth Shue had that as well. She did it in a different way, and it didn't go so well for her. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Stan. Was yeah, her the, son the that thing. kid who was disappearing? The teleporting? Yeah, maybe. I think so. She said st- the they name. said her name was Stillwell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, that so was that's... the kid's name. Yeah. Has it been that long? I. It, it that's has like calling been your kid Skywalker jump, right? and trying to hide him. That was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's been a one-year jump from the end of season mm-hmm. two. Yeah. yeah. We, we're running out of time here, unfortunately, uh, for to talk about these first three episodes. But we will be back next week, actually, with a very different crew of people because Greg and I are going to be uh, down in L.A. doing um, modern E3 stuff, Summer Game Fest. What's it called? Play Days? Play Days, yeah. Play Days. Stay tuned to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games for all of Summer Game Fest shenanigans that we're going to be doing. Uh, but because of that, we're going to be out, which means it'll be a different crew. Don't know exactly who's going to be on that yet, but it's going to be a fun time. We'll be talking about episode four. And then we will be doing these for uh, weekly, every single episode till the end. Uh, Fuego, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? Fuego del Sol on Twitter, Fuego del Sol underscore Instagram, uh, and then AEW on Wednesday and Friday nights, TBS, TNT, and then AEW YouTube channel. Check us out. Hell yeah, man. Till next time. Love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>